I'm stretched out like a great big river Wait on and let's swim together And lines are blurred, the infinity of choice Entering the temporal void
live from Desolation Row slash Margaritaville. This is Duff Dixon. You're listening to Play It By Year, the show that examines the history of popular music one year at a time. And you just heard When I Was Done Dying by Baltimore Wham City Collective electronic music weirdo Dan Deacon from 2015. Welcome to 2015 night on Play It By Year. Boy, it has been a minute. It has certainly been a minute. I'm I'm 20 billion years old, and I feel like it's been a long time since we've done this show, so I know it's been a long time. Listen, I ain't proud of some of the things that have gone down over these last couple of months, and I do not take any pleasure uh, in reporting it to you folks. You may remember that uh, last we spoke, I, along with my associates Colleen Claxton and, and Matt Marcus, are uh, presently guests within the compound of one of our listeners who goes by, uh, well, I guess the eponym Richard. Uh, and thing about compound life is, is that it's a little bit like, it's a little bit like that Breaking Bad episode about that fly. You met, y'all remember that one? Like one, one contaminant can send the whole operation kind of spiraling down. Well, in our case, it's belly down, uh, <laughs> and out and everywhere. There was something of an E. coli outbreak here, uh, at the compound. And I will just tell you that everyone has survived and is mended, uh, or nearly mended and then probably spare you further details, but Suffice it to say that they were not pretty. I have seen some things. I have seen some real things. But I'm glad to be back in this booth, and I'm even gladder to be talking to y'all on this Sunday night. If you're listening live, um, let's get into conversation with each other. I got I got just the, the discussion question for it. Something I've been thinking about a lot lately. At what age were you the coolest version of yourself? The coolest version. Now, of course... Play it by year has a policy on the concept of coolness, which is that coolness is overrated. But still, you ever catch a picture of yourself from a certain era and go, dang, I had it on. I had it going on. I didn't even know how cool I was. I don't think it, it, it shouldn't come as any surprise to y'all uh, to hear my answer. 17 years old. The year was 2004. I was the starting quarterback for the Westbrook High School Bruins. Uh, took us all the way to the state championship. What's going to compete with that? Huh? Killing Hitler a few million times? Nah. Go Bruins. Go Bruins for life. Hey, call in and let me know. What was your coolest age? Got a great show for y'all tonight. 2015 was a fun year. Uh, we're going to kick things off tonight with a little PBR&B. PBR&B, as you might have deduced. This is a portmanteau of uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. pbr a low-priced lager that is favored by uh, college people, hipsters, frat boys, and rhythm and blues music, R&B, PBR&B. Look, it's not rocket science, folks. This is like hipster R&B. It's got a little twist to it, a little little irony, maybe. Let's get let's get smooth, like a well-waxed handlebar mustache, as we bob our heads and open our hearts. To the PBRB block here on Play It by Year 2015 night with me, Duff Dixon. Stick around.
she'll be the death of me At least we'll both be numb And she'll always get the best of me The worst is yet to come But at least we'll both be beautiful And stay forever young This I know This I know She told me don't worry About it She told me don't worry I play it by ear. You just heard Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd. Before that, uh, Waves by Miguel and Special Affair by The Internet. And we began that block with Cancer in the Water by Clarence Clarity. Listen, listen. Not even hipsters can ruin a good thing like R&B. I quite quite enjoyed myself in that block. Uh, Let's throw on over to the phone. Reminder of our discussion question tonight. At what age were you the coolest version of yourself? Got somebody on the hook now. Caller, you're on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? 
Hey, Duff, it's me, Brandon. Up, oh, Brandon Hoff of uh, of of New Nintendo Podcast XL and Cave Point fame, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that's the one and only. It's fortuitous you're calling in this week, Brandon. It's there's a seren- there's a serendipity element to this because I, isn't there some kind of a video game situation happening this weekend? Something's going on. Oh yeah, it's like the you know the big event that happens pretty much every year. Uh, it's uh, the E3. Uh, E3. And been, mm-hmm. That's what is that? That's just like a trade show, essentially. Essentially, it started out as a trade show, but it's kind of evolved into this, you know, time of the year where uh, a lot of the big and now small companies get together and they just make game announcements of like what's coming soon, what's coming not soon. And oh, right, you've been have you been watching it? You've been watching it, doing your job uh, as, a, as a video game uh, <laughs> content maker. Um, yeah, for the most part, I've been catching you know what I can or going back and watch watching you know, the, the presentations after the fact, and I gotta say, there's been a, a couple swings and a, and a couple misses, to be honest. Sure. I mean, it's been a weird year. I'm sure all everybody's stuff is probably all messed up when they're trying to catch up from missed work and whatnot. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think COVID definitely put sort of a, a huge wrench and everything, but it's to the point now where like things are starting to ramp back up. So like at the same time, like, you know, people have, still been working and uh it seems like i don't know there has like i guess a lot of companies what they have to show isn't quite what people were expecting and of course people are disappointed because well let's not forget that a great many video games are bad and boring so i mean if you see 10 video games and one looks cool that ain't you're not doing too bad right yeah i gotta say like you know i'm sure there's like somebody out there who saw like the xbox uh, you know, Bethesda presentation and thought, man, I'm so just jazzed for everything. This all looks good. I mean, it had Halo Infinite, people like that. So oh, I remember like, Halo. I remember Halo. I remember Halo in, uh, in my, my senior and junior year of high school. They used to do what was called a LAN party. Y'all familiar with LAN yeah. parties? Where you oh, would- yes. I, I, I am of the age of where LAN parties were happening. I did not go to land parties because I was not cool enough. I mean, there's a cutoff. I'm glad we've moved into coolness because there's kind of like, if you're really, really cool, you probably also wouldn't go to a land party. And then if you're like really, really uncool, you might not be invited to one. And then maybe moderately in the middle, you might end up at a land party. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what's the let's let's talk about coolness a little bit. What what's the what's been your relationship with coolness in your life? Is coolness the bane of your existence? Is it a transient force? Is it sort of a something that enters and, and leaves as soon as it's come? How, do you see yourself first of all, do you see yourself as a cool person in general? Uh in general, no. Uh but I will say, like, in terms of the of the question, I think now, uh, as a 31, soon to be 32 year old, um, I find myself being the coolest I have ever been. Maybe because I don't care how cool I am. See, it's uh, that's 90% of the game is you just can't, you can't get caught giving too much of an S about anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I definitely can think about back when I was like in middle school, 
and a little bit in high school, like I think I wanted to be cool. So I was way more of a people pleaser because I thought that, you know, by doing things that people asked of me, you know, I'd be able to, to hang with the, uh, the quote unquote cool kids. But obviously as time has gone on, you know, I don't really care what people think of me. Like, yeah, I, there are some people who I like, you know, there, I seek their validation in, in some ways because like I care about them and they care about me. And so like, you look up you to know, somebody, you, wanna... you respect somebody, you want them to feel the same. That makes sense. But I also, I can't, yeah. I can't cast aspersions. I cannot judge somebody in the public school system who has made coolness and the pursuit of it, you know, one of the the focal epicenters of their life. Because the difference between you and I as men in our, in our well, in my, cha- in my case, 20 billion in 30s, and in your case, just 30s, is that... Yeah you know, coolness is not a matter of life and death. It's not a matter of survival for us in the, in the American high school. Coolness is a matter of life or death. When you attain coolness in some measure, you are creating a buffer between yourself and the pariah class of your high school. And if you're on the bottom of that totem pole, it's, it's, it can be a really alienating and scary thing. You know, if you've got somebody who's harassing you, that that's why you see so many kids being cruel to people who are lower status than them in high school. People being cruel who probably five years on the other side would feel ashamed of that behavior because if I am othering this person, then I myself am not seen as in the pool of the othered. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I definitely was on the the uh the former of the person being othered and not that i didn't have friends in high school because i did but like i definitely wasn't you know invited to like the cool parties or not the thing is is like i didn't necessarily like as time went on i i, I really sought that out less and less and was just like doing my own thing uh but the the lack of validation in that regard was a little bit you know it did make things a little harder right but of course. Like looking ba- looking back, I definitely wouldn't change how I went about high school in most regards. Uh but I, I will say like that time, like I was definitely not my coolest and even in college, uh and post college in my twenties, like man, like I was dead broke living in Chicago, barely just scraping by. I didn't have time to <laughs> to think about being cool. Uh I was just trying to survive at that point. Uh, right, right. I mean, we're getting into some like some real Maslow's hierarchy of needs stuff. You oh know? yeah, but, yeah. But the, yeah. but you, you, eventually you will find that like peer approval is ha, has little, if any, influence on your ability to self actualize. Which I mean, it does when again when you are when you are in the the social food chain. Of, of adolescent life, it does. Yeah. You know, yeah. there you you can't really self-actualize to a bunch of like people are going to stare at you blankly or perhaps even with disgust. But, you know, if you follow the thought experiment, let's say you had been in high school and you decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start bullying some of these other people around me <laughs> to show that I'm not in this group. I'm going to be somebody who I'm not. I'm going to try to make it an upwards move, you know, move out of my caste. And, and 
you know, look down on these people who have accepted me for who I am. Maybe you could have gone a couple of rungs up that la- that ladder. Maybe you would not have been the most burden on the bottom of that totem pole. But I bet you you be you have a lot more nights where you're thinking back. Oh, remember when I said that to this kid? Remember when I said that to my to my friend? I I, I wish I could reach out. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like yeah. You suffer a little bit. You suffer a little bit on the on the bottom rung, and then and then maybe you're truer to yourself for having done it. And I think you do sound cool. I think you're a cool guy. You knew all that stuff about E three. You must be cool. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I I agree. I just I know looking back, I definitely like. There's just some this innate like thing. It's it's hard for me to treat people uh, like crap. Um, even when they have been treating me like crap, uh, sure, it's just, right. it's so definitely like, I think, you know, I do agree. Coolness is overrated. Um, but if I were like, I think if my younger self saw myself now, I think they would be like, yeah, he's, he's a pretty cool dude. And, and yeah, I, so that's why I say like right now, I just, I feel like I'm at my coolest. Uh, I dress how I want. I don't care what anyone thinks. Like I, I just do what I do and you know, Hate it or love it. That's me, baby. Preach. No cap. I'm a hundred percent on board, Bran. You've, you've brought the gospel to my show today. I appreciate your time tonight. You got anything you want to clue the listeners into before I, before I move on with the show? You got a you yeah. got your show, you got cave point, you got, uh, your podcast. Tell, tell the folks at home where they can catch up with Brandon Hoff. Oh yeah. You can find me on Twitter at BRN Hoff. That's where all my creative stuff. I just released another episode of new Nintendo podcast today about Mario Kart. Uh, go check that out. I'm going to be recording. Kart. Love Mario uh, Kart. Have a bunch of other episodes in the pipeline as well as like some special like E3, uh, pre and post, uh, like presentation stuff that I'll be recording tomorrow with good friend of the show, uh, Dylan Flynn. So, uh, excited to do that as well, but well, yeah, yeah, check out. Then that. definitely go subscribe on your feed to New Nintendo Podcast XL. Listen, to, it's a great show. I've listened, to, I think, every episode. I always love when there's new content. Going to listen to that Mario Kart episode as soon as I can. What a what a pleasure yeah. it was to hear from Brandon again on the show. Stand up guy, stand up guy, Brandon Hoff. That's how I feel. All right, let's slow it down a little bit. Let's get a little bit intimate. Let We got a chamber folk block up next. Now, to define chamber folk uh, is slightly challenging, I would say. It, it Typically, it relies on kind of stripped-down instrumentation. Not, not uncommon to hear a finger-pick guitar or like a harp, for example. But that, does that really get us anywhere? I mean, you, you imagine you'd hear those things in folk music across all subgenres. Let's make a word cloud instead about chamber folk wistful uh fay fay is good how about pastoral how about quaint i feel like these words are getting a little bit more at the essence of chamber folk with 2015 seeing some pretty high profile releases in it in a long running tradition of, of folk music chamber folk so let's just get right into it chamber folk block 2015 night play it by year with me duff dixon stick around
Ancient holy wars Dead religions Holocaust New regimes Old ideas That's now myth That's now real Original sin Genetic fate Revolution Spinning plates It's important to stay informed The commentary To comment on Oh, and no one ever really knows you And life is brief So I've heard, but what's that gotta do With this black hole in me? Oh, 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 oh. gender roles, infotainment capital, golden bows and mercury, bohemian nightmare, dust bowl chic. This documentary's lost on me Satirical news, free energy Mobile lifestyle, loveless sex Independence, happiness Oh, and no one ever knows the real you And life is brief So I've heard, but what's that gotta do With this atom bombing? Which play? 
plastic bag. The brave men and women so dear to God and famous to all of Fiji's flag. Saying, do you love me? Will you remember the snow? Oh, oh, oh. 
2015 night play by your chamber folk block chamber folk you just heard uh sapo canacan by joanna newsom before that i love you honey bear by father john misty and we began that block with the only thing by sufjan stevens joanna newsom i'm such a fan of joanna's and i feel like people should talk about joanna more than they talk about joanna like it's almost like you got a a contemporary of dylan happening right now and she sort of slept is it because her stuff's not on like spotify does not being on streaming remove you from the cultural conversation that's so unfair because i know they treat the artists like garbage so it's a real cash 22 i guess good for her for staying off the platform too bad more people don't listen to her stuff she's rad go out there buy some joanna newsome music um okay let me catch up on some stuff so Colleen has been working real hard with our, our mutual friend, Matt Marcus, to try and get past some of those mental barriers in there, extract some of those memories about Tony Tuccio, the first time not that he has, so that maybe we can set this thing straight, save the world. But Matt has been in a real mental health backslide. There's been a lot of depression and it all, it all stems down what we've been able to glean. It's all kind of comes back to the fact that he has not been able to see his brother, Dwayne Marcus, uh, who evidently would visit him very religiously every Sunday, as a matter of fact, at bright light assisted living. Uh, and, and we set some phone calls up between the two of them, but then Matt would just kind of forget that they had spoken, go back to kind of sulking, you know, why isn't my brother coming to see me. So we talk it over Richard and I, and you know, he's very, very nervous about operation security, but eventually we figured out some, uh, some mutually agreeable conditions. And he's very generously allowed for Dwayne to come on down to the compound, pay a visit to Matt. Uh, Colleen even built him like this kind of spacesuit thingy so that he can hang out here in the common area without having to be in quarantine, which is great. I mean, that would have been nice if we'd had that when we got here, but anyway, Let's go ahead and check on in with the brothers, Marcus, see how they're getting along. Uh, I have them right now live via intercom down in recreation. Uh, Matt, Dwayne, are you there with me? Oh, baby brother, it's so good to see you. I was so worried about you, and I'm, I'm just so happy you're okay. You look good. I know, man. You got to stop hugging me. It's been like two hours of this, all right? Let's take Jill Bill, dial it back. I, I don't think they heard me. Hey, Matt and Dwayne, can y'all hear me? Hey, am I on? Yeah, you boys are live on the air right now. Cool, I'll be at the Mystic Lake Hotel and Casino on Wednesday, July 5th at 5.30 p.m., 9.30 p.m. I'll be opening up for Dan Ninen, so be sure to come check me out. Okay, if you got plugs, <laughs> can you hold those to the end of the, the segment here? Uh, the listeners don't really know who you are. Or why, why they should know what time you're going to be at some casino. So that doesn't Well, really I just mean. figured you were going to, you know, give some kind of credits right before you brought me on. That's kind of your job as a host, right? Technically, yes, I guess that's true. Uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't uh, give you a proper introduction. Uh, admittedly, now that we're in this position, I have to say I don't actually know uh, your credits. This is my brother, Dwayne Marcus Duff. You're going to love him. He's one of the best comedians in the country. I'm so happy to introduce you to. We've had, we did meet uh, earlier. You did actually already do this part, uh, Matt, where you, you introduced him to me. Yeah, we have met him once before. Duff, did you know that he was on two episodes of Gary Unmarried? He was a cab driver, and then they liked him so much, they had him come back on and play a bus driver. Oh, wow. Okay. I, 
I'll be honest. I'm not sure what Gary Unmarried is. You don't know what Gary Unmarried is? Let me tell you something. Jay Moore is the realest dude you'll ever meet. No ego at all. Just a regular guy like you and Jay, me. <laughs> Jay Moore. No ego. Huh. Not the impression that I've gotten from seeing Jay Moore over the years, but cool. Duff, did you know that Dwayne was also featured uh, doing stand-up on MTV2's Spring Break? You can bring up the clip if you type Dwayne Marcus, up-and-coming genius comedian, MTV2 Spring Break 2007. If you type that into YouTube, you should be able to play some of that for the listeners so they can hear how funny he is. Yeah, man, I had a monster set. I opened up for Rich Voss like a week later at a club in Columbus. He said, hey, saw your MTV thing. Pretty cool. Okay, that would take a minute to get set up here on on the board. Um... Dwayne, you should just do one of your jokes live. It'll be funnier than on the recording anyway. Uh, Come on, man. I'm sure he doesn't want me taking over his show and turning it into one of my sets. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. Uh, But maybe some other time. I I was mostly just hoping to hear y'all just talk to each other the way you normally would. You know, get to know Dwayne as Matt's brother and that... That strong familial bond, if that's cool. Well, I guess I could do one bit. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. If you want to do, if you want to do bit, you you got the floor. Yeah, go for it. Oh, this is gonna be great, Dwayne. You should do your opener. I know, man. That's your favorite one. It's so funny. Uh, I tell it to everyone I know. All right, so I walk up to the stage. I take a beat, you know, give everybody a few seconds to really, you know, drink me in, take a take a sip. And then I say, take a good long look, ladies. Now this, this isn't a beer gut. It's a fuel tank for a love machine. <laughs> funny Bro, I've been banging my head against the wall trying stuff. to track you down. You know, when you disappear, you, you really disappear. Go completely oh, off the grid. I'm, I'm sorry that you were worried. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we're together again. Um, did do you do you know what year it is? It's twenty twenty one, bro. I'm I'm freaking out. Oh, twenty twenty one. We're almost out of time. No, no, it's it's not about that. It's about, it's about the checks. Checks. Uh, well, well, how do we uh, how do we check if they've stopped the cataclysm? No, if you listen to me, Matthew, the checks, your checks. They didn't send one for April or May. Now we're practically halfway through June. I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. Oh, uh, oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. Can we just can you just clarify what what checks you're talking about? Math math checks. Well, his his pension check always shows up on the first Monday of the month, and they never miss it. It's federal government. There must be some kind of filing error or something. You know, I called that lady from public affairs office, June. You, you ever talked to her? That, that lady's freaking useless. Well, I, I, I'm glad you're concerned. He he. Everything's kind of seen after uh, for him while he's here. So I, I don't know why it would necessarily be important for him to get his, his, his checks right now. I mean, they don't even have a forwarding address for him, so they couldn't send him here if they wanted to. Oh, you, you want them to send it to him? Come on, man. This guy's got pea soup for brains. No offense, Matt. Okay. I look after all that stuff. I'm his next kin. I got power of attorney. Oh, okay. Well, uh, well <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here. I, I imagine the reason that Matt's pension checks have stopped arriving is that we are all fugitives right now and more or less, uh, you know, openly at war against the CIA for the time being. 
Oh, oh, so let's take a second. You mean to tell me you guys dragged my brother into some bullshit so now I don't get my fucking money? Uh, first of all, not your money. Not your money. That's Matt's money. And also, this is a family program. So if you're going to be on the show, I'd like you to watch your language a little bit there, Dwayne. All right, Duff. Well, how about you get on the horn right now with the feds? How about you fix this? Hey, Dwayne, why don't you do your bit about why Kerry lost the election? Uh, not right now, Matt. <laughs> Dwayne, you are not seeing the full picture here, okay? This is a very complicated situation. You don't really know what's going on. I would recommend not sticking your foot into this. All right. Well, I hope you got about $15,000 sitting around to pay off my loan shark because I'm not about to get my leg broke over some Mission Impossible rogue agent bullshit. I didn't sign up for this. So am I to understand that you are currently using Matthew's pension checks to pay off your, your own personal debt? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> He's got this bit about why John Kerry lost the election. <laughs> it's so funny, Duff. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll do it for you, Matt. Hang on a second. So you mentioned that somebody going to break your leg? What kind of debt are we talking about here, Dwayne? Now, I know why John Kerry lost the election. He didn't have a catchphrase. <laughs> w, that guy's lousy with catchphrases. He's got strategery. He's got axis of evil. Attack Iraq. Clinton had, I feel your pain. <laughs> Abe Lincoln had four score and seven years ago. History shows that catchphrases win elections. <laughs> he should have hired me. I got a great catchphrase for John Kerry. You ready for it? Two words. My wife. <laughs> hey, John, where are you going to get the money to balance the budget? My wife. <laughs> John, can we afford to cut taxes? I don't know. I'm going to have to ask my wife. Because, <laughs> Duff, you remember, you remember how he was, uh, he was just, uh, he had that rich wife who, who was the ketchup lady. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Teresa Hines Carey. Who can forget, right? Yeah, man. When Borat 2 came out, I was so pumped because I got to start doing that bit again. Uh -huh. Okay, so that's the the so that bit about the John Kerry election that's currently in your act. You're doing that right now. Yeah, Duff, if you kidding me, that bit kills. It's my closer. Uh, sorry. Um. Uh, what what year is it? Uh. Well, according to my calendar, it's about 15 years too late to be doing John Kerry material for starters. Ah, uh, come on, Duff. He's still around. He's doing stuff. All right. Well, whatever. If you're gonna screw me over with the money. And you at least got to let me crash here until I can get back on my feet. Oh, that sounds really cool. Uh, Dwayne's going to sleep over? Ah, uh, let's not. <laughs> Card for the horse there. That's probably a bad idea. Um, thing is, Dwayne, we're in a very dangerous predicament right now. And, and kind of the less people involved here, the less moving parts, uh, the safer and the better. Oh, hey, that's actually, uh, that's actually pretty convenient on the drive over to the compound. Uh, Dwayne's blindfold fell off and wasn't really sure how to break it to him but uh he's not actually allowed to leave until i figure out how to brainwash him into forgetting what he saw richard are you watching and listening in on everything we do from your control room or something oh you betcha buddy you can rest easy here knowing that no matter where you go or what you do I, or one of my associates, is eternally vigilant. 
keeping one eye on the situation. You won't encounter any dangerous threats, be they foreign or domestic, in my bunker. Over and out. Okay, well, the higher power is spoken. Uh, hey, Dwayne, welcome, neighbor, to the compound. Good to have you. This is going to be so fun, Dwayne. I've got all the George Carlin DVDs. And then we can also make mar- margaritas and English muffin pizzas like we used to. It's going to be great. Right on. Well, anyways, I'll be at the Mystic Lake Hotel and Casino on Wednesday, July 5th at 5.30 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. I'll be opening up for Dan Dynan. Don't miss it. It's going to be one hell of a show. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and cut that feed, boys. Thanks for joining us. Oh, well, I look forward to uh, getting to know Dwayne Marcus a bit more. New addition to the Play It By Your family, apparently. Um, Okay, back to it, back to it. You know, 2015, it was kind of all over the map, and this isn't necessarily a movement that uh, finds its, that anchors its roots in 2015, in fact, far from it. But it was just kind of a fruitful year for the style, and I thought, what the heck? Good a year as any 2015. Let's do a jazz rap block. Why not? Why not? If some of y'all thinking of the high profile releases of this year, maybe you've already got some ideas about some things I'm going to play y'all. Should I explain what jazz rap is? Is the name not, (laughs) you know, self-explanatory? You got rap music. Now you got jazz sounds happening under your rap music. And here we are at Jazz Rap. We have arrived at the Jazz Rap block here on 2015. I play it by year with me. Duff Dixon. Fuck you, motherfucker. You a hoe-ass nigga. I don't know why you trying to go big, nigga. You ain't shit. Walking around like you God's gift to earth. Nigga, you ain't shit. You ain't even buy me no outfit for the fourth. I need that Brazilian wavy 28-inch. Baller ass, boss ass nigga. Use all brand ass nigga. Everybody know it. Your homies know it. Everybody fucking know. Fuck you, nigga. Don't call me no more. You don't know. You gon' lose on a good bitch. My other nigga is on. You off. What the fuck is really going on? This dick ain't free. You looking at me like it ain't a receipt, like I never made ends meet, eating your leftovers and raw meat. This dick ain't free. Living in captivity, raised my cap salary, celery, telling me green is all I need. Evidently, all I seen was spam and raw sardines. This dick ain't free. I mean, baby, you really think we could make a baby name Mercedes without a Mercedes Benz and 24 inch rims, 5% tinted air conditioning vents? Hell fucking no. This dick ain't free. I need 40 acres in a mule, not a 40 ounce in a Pit bull bullshit, matador, matador, had a door knocking, let him in. Who's that genitals best friend? This dick ain't free. Pity the fool that made the pretty and you prosper. Titty juice and pussy lips kept me up notches, kept me up watching. Pornos and poverty, apology, no. Watch you while I did what people less fortunate like myself. Every dog has his day, now doggy style shall help. This dick ain't free. Matter of fact, you need interest, matter of fact, it's nine inches. Matter of fact, see your friendship based on business, pinching, more pinching, your pinching, my consensus, it's been relentless. Fuck Forgiveness, fuck your feelings, fuck your sources, all distortion. If we fuck, it's more abortion, more divorce, course and portion. My check with less endorsement, left me dormant, dusted, dude, disgusted, force with fuck you, fingers and more shit. Porcelain price, pressure, busting twice, choices, devastated, decapitated, the horseman. Oh, America, you bad bitch. I picked cotton and made you rich. Now my dick ain't free. I'ma get my Uncle Sam to fuck you up. You ain't no king. 
this Love sick like a dog canine sensitivity Developing this new theory of relativity Connecting the souls resting in captivity Positive life sacrifice what it is to be our history Only a quarter of a century reality Sitting on the shoulders of a chemistry See ain't no mystery The colors that we mix will set the mind free Let the blind see beyond harmony Breathe life in the dead space below Where your clouds of doubt New territory we determine to be a safe haven is supposed to be Night might seem distant but the time is near When the thoughts take off, split the atmosphere Pure sound waves travel semi-infinitely Plus I see you there utmost definitely Cause a beat plus a melody Makes me speak of L-O-B-E Eloquently, so evidently I mean that from my heart Cause you make me feel good as a person Cause a beat plus a melody Makes me speak of L-O-B-E Eloquently, so evidently Good gracious, every process has a genesis It ends with the revelation God bless this opportunity for me To find a voice for some words that have waited for way too long No wages, small tips on the avenue Never wasted, all hits for a revenue Haven't you heard the news lately? We've been living for some times in the purgatory But yo, I thought I knew what a love song sound like But I felt a warmer tune in the sunlight I can still hear it in my room past midnight Gotta move, take us all the cruise in the moonlight Sometimes I do forget Oh, how much we could ease our lives to leave If we learn to let go The reins that we hold Return to our soul And the spirit that flows So you see upon everyday face There's a million Definition of grace, but the method I choose my prerogative. There's so much love in me, I got to give. Cause the beat plus a melody makes me speak of LBE eloquently, so evidently. I mean that from my heart, cause you make me feel good as a person. Cause the beat plus a melody makes me speak of LBE eloquently, so evidently. I, 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 I hope that you're listening. Oh, how I can write a book on how you make me but how about the song that I wrote for you? But I feel like I wanna put my trust in these simple words For you to feel what I'm saying, what you feel like Reminisce about the little episodes that we shared together Remember the time that you told me in the cold night To relax when all I knew was to hold tight Remember the time that I spoke to a crowd in a full house Realized that you was my ace, I was the joker On the stage singing the blues All eyes on me, it had nothing to prove But yo, I thought I knew what a diamond shine like But I felt a shop of love in the limelight From the queen of hearts Watching me quietly from the upper deck balcony Sometimes I do suspect I'm an actor in a well-scripted lie Divine comedy when I look back that frozen slice of time It tried to defrost the senses lost Now we love with the metaphors The motivation that I wrote this letter for For you to know that the music helps carry on Like you see a new day will bring us tomorrow Yo, cause my beat plus your melody Makes me speak of L-O-B-E eloquently Your melody makes me speak of L-O-B-E eloquently, so eloquently.
good as a person, you know what I mean? Change your mind, yeah, baby. Uh-uh, yeah. 
Can we leave it all behind? Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go be fine. Yeah, baby. Uh -uh. Yeah, it'll all be fine. Yeah, baby. Fifteen, I played by ear. What what y'all just hear? Uh, you just heard Raygun by Bad Bad Not Good, featuring Ghostface Killer and the late great MF Doom. Before that was TKTV by Injury Reserve and Love Sick by New Jabez. Uh, and we began that block with For Free by Kendrick Lamar. It didn't take long uh, into the establishment of hip hop music as a genre for 
jazz to kind of become a sonic component of that uh, movement and it's really stuck around ever since so it's cool to see the way that these things kind of consume one another are influenced by another good stuff uh let's throw on over to the phones reminder of that discussion question at what age were you the coolest version of yourself uh caller you were on the line with duff dixon who am i talking to uh hello duff this is ian feldman We've spoken on a few occasions. Oh, Ian Feldman. Oh my goodness. I, I genuinely happy to hear from you, my friend. Uh, reminder, if you're listening, Ian is actually, uh, Richard's attorney while Richard was kind of waylaid for a few months, uh, back in the day, he, he was the one calling in to make guesses on Richard's behalf. I, I gotta say, I love to have you back on the show here. I kind of wasn't expecting, uh, any cause for, for Richard's legal counsel to call back into the show, but nevertheless, good to hear from you. Well, I should clarify that I do have many clients besides just Richard. In fact, uh, Duff, if you want to check out my website here to believe you.com, um, if you ever need legal aid, I recommend you stop by. Okay. Here to believe you.com. I'm assuming that's all. Well, it's gotta be all one word. It's a URL. Come on, Duff idiot. Uh, Ian, how you been, man? How, what, what have you been up to and how are you? Well, actually pretty good. Um, as part of why I mentioned that before, uh, ever since being on the show a while back, I've been pretty busy. Um, I've got to say it's been pretty good. Uh, been a pretty good few months for me. Nice to get the PIBY bump. Well, I'm glad that we can have a mutually beneficial relationship. Uh, well, since you're calling in, you got anything for the discussion question this week? It's what, at what age? Were you the coolest version of yourself? Well, the reason I'm calling in is I wanted to see if you had any more questions about Richard, and I want to make another guess too, as it's been a little while. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess I hadn't really. Con- My understanding of the deal was that you know Richard was he was MIA, he was unable to be on the show. Uh, I didn't think I figured when he came that it was that the well okay um. I mean, you're a friend of the show. I, I suppose I could make, uh, make an exception f- for you. I would, I would like to point out to anybody else listening. It's not really an open invitation, uh, to call into the show. Just, just specifically to make guesses about what the cataclysm is. That's kind of, I don't, I don't really want this show to be about, you know, how's it going to happen. But uh, Ian, if you want to, uh, you're a friend, be my guest, Ian, go for it. I, uh, I appreciate your agreement to this and, um, so go ahead and let me know what your question is first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there is something that I'm kind of glad you called in. There is something that I can't seem to pin Richard down about. I don't know if you've been to the compound, but the compound is, I don't want to use the word palace, but it's a lot. And I'm just wondering what, what can you tell me about where Richard's getting his money? Well, over the years I've advised Richard, um, and while he started with a decent sum, he's he's diversified and uh, entered many new segments that have really taken off for him. Uh, for example, there are um, neurotropic pills; those are brain enhancement pills sold in the dark web, and some other um, substances relating to uh, reflection of 5g waves, certain things that are very of interest to certain populations. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so deep also, web brain pills and like mm-hmm, 5g yeah, blinders uh, that checks out. Yeah. He's been interestingly, there was also, uh, something that Richard told me once to suck with me where 
it was the first and last time he ever brewed kombucha. And he awoke days later after and found that he had written a manuscript for a young adult novel. And he ended up publishing it under a pen name and made a substantial sum of money. Are you kidding me? Do you know which one? Do you know what he wrote? Uh, it is very likely that you've heard of this series. Wow. The Mind Reels. I wonder which, like I'm trying to, I'm going through and trying to see which one do I see, you know, the hallmarks of maybe Divergent seems like it might be. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yes, you have fulfilled your terms of the deal, uh, Ian. If you've got uh, a guess about the cataclysm, the floor is yours. Okay, so make sure I have this right. Um, does a wayward group of teens thinking they found the next cool tabletop RPG, do they play a game according to the rules that they found in a book called Devils and Doom, and then when one of them rolls uh, Three twenties in a row. Does it open a rift to the pit, and then does Belzorphamux, the devourer, come forth to swallow the earth in his fiery maw? Zorphamux. Uh, pardon, I'm sorry. Belzorphamux. Sorry, Duff. I meant Belzorphamux. Uh huh. You meant Belzorphamux. Uh huh. Well, no. Ian, no, that's not what happens. Well, what if it is Belzorphamux? Richard, I, you're on the line. You're literally 10 feet down the hall from me. You're, you are, the door is open. You are welcome to come in here into the booth and sit down with me if you want to be on the show. Uh, Ian wanted to make a guess, and I just wanted to make sure he got it right. That's all. Uh, for the record, Richard, you, you called me and asked me to call in tonight. <laughs> Ian, as my attorney, I need you to be silent and let me talk. Hmm. Usually it's the other way around. Well, anyway, Duff, uh, since I'm here, I'd like to make my guess. Richard, every day this week we've been having this conversation. I Listen, genuinely. I appreciate everything you're doing for Colleen and, and for Matthew and for myself, but I have said multiple times now, since you are requiring all of us to do several hours of hard manual labor every day, I really don't think that entitles you to extra guesses. It's not an extra guess. I haven't made a guess this week. Oh, come on. Ian called you of his own accord to make a guess. I had nothing to do with it. Ian made a guess, and I haven't. You said it was okay for him to. We can play back the tape and listen to it. Okay, let's clarify this. Ian, were you making a guess on Richard's behalf, or were you calling in for yourself? Uh, I'm not going to answer that question. Come on, Duff. I'll hold up my end. You get a second question to learn something about me, too. Pass. Richard, in the last few weeks, I've learned more about you than I, I care to ever know. Can you at least tell me if it is Belzorphamux? Oh, my God. No, it's not Belzorphamux either, okay? Aha! Two guesses! That's codified as precedent now. I'll talk to you next week, Duff. I'll, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow when you have me digging a new trench in greenhouse number three. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Okay, anyway, uh, 
2015, the second I knew this, this year was up, I was already getting pumped for my, for my last block tonight. Oh my gosh. If anything over the last like 10 years of music has excited me, uh, as much as vaporwave, I, I, I'd be, I'd have to sit here and think maybe there's something, but gosh, I love that stuff. Vaporwave. Maybe I'm just like a sucker for a, a down pitched voice. You know, because I also love that chopped and screwed vaporwave. Obviously, that was a lot to, to chop and screw. What is vaporwave? It's like postmodern internet music, kinda, but it's not really memey. It's very moody. It's very atmospheric. You know, I heard it described once by one of the the progenitors of the movement that it's like, you know, imagine capitalist society has collapsed and there are people digging through the ruins and finding, you know, old smooth jazz records and and like mall, uh, you know, amphitheater music and, and they're, the tapes are degraded and they're trying to make new things with it. You know, it's like post-apocalyptic, moody, you know, electronic, sample-based, uh, uh, cool stuff. It just like puts me in a place. I find it to be like very good thinking music, very good engaging with music. The art style is also very singular, vaporwave art. It's just like a whole thing. It was just the whole thing. And 2015 was a real peak year for it. Can't wait to play some of my favorite Vaporwave tracks for y'all tonight here on 2015. Not play it by year with me, Duff Dixon.
Vaporwave Block 2015 night played by year. Okay, this is a let's gear up for this one. Uh, uh, um, uh, you just heard Recovery by 2018. No, tw- 2814. 2814. Thank you. Before that, SWAK by Luxury Elite and uh, Accept Heartache by Nimesh. And we began that block with. <gasps> Neo Tatame Mami 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 Gioro Woyo by Dust Dynamic WMV, which coincidentally is my pick for 2015. That is Duff's pick, that track. Let me tell you, half of those song titles are in either Japanese or uh or Cantonese. And my East Ang- Asian language skills are rusty, to say the least. So figuring out those titles with a little bit of work. That Death Dynamic Shroud song is like one of my favorite songs of all time. I barely even know what it's called. I just say it's the Oh Yeah song. I don't know what it's called. Vaporwave, man. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Uh, almost done with you tonight, but I do want to get back to those phones one more time for a bid you a fond farewell. Reminded about that discussion question. At what age were you the coolest version of yourself? Caller, you're on the line with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, Duff, this is this is Stashka calling again. I can't believe I got through. Stashka. Oh, it's good to hear from you. Always see you in the chat. Always love seeing you in the chat. Always love it when you get on the show. Always a stimulating conversation to be had. Oh, my gosh. Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your show. You know, the last show that I really felt an affinity with, and I'm embarrassed to admit it because it was so politically incorrect, but with the Howard Stern show back in the 90s. But, th- boy, this yeah, I don't think you can reduce Howard's legacy to just saying that that you know uh, that social politics have rendered it obsolete. I think from the get go, Howard was always a complex character. You know, like he's brash, he's offensive, he's sexist, he's also like weirdly self revelatory, intimate on the microphone. It's very easy to, to form a relationship with him. Anybody who's a who's a broadcaster has to has to hand something to Howard Stern because. Pre-Howard Stern, people didn't just talk on the radio. They kind of put on a show, right? Well, that's, you know, that's absolutely right on the money. And the other, the other thing going on with Howard Stern that actually makes it, I feel, you know, right with the world is that it was, it, it was admittedly all those things. It was admittedly, you know, brash and, and disgusting and, and misogynistic, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there was no hot, there was no hiding the ball. It was in it was a com. It was for comedy's sake. So it wasn't. Yeah, it was different than the than there, what I might. Also, be. like one of the things that I find the most compelling about Howard Stern is that guy's richer than Creasus now. That guy's got a media empire. He's got <laughs> more 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 liquidity than any human being should ever need, and yet he still finds it in himself to drive into the city at four o'clock in the morning to do his morning radio show still. I mean, there's like just the, there's, it's almost a sick, a sickness of, of work ethic to keep doing that. I mean, I do respect it. I do respect it. And he's real about his sickness. He's real about his mental illness and he doesn't, he doesn't try to hide the ball. It's true. It's true. There's a lot of Howard back to look back on. If y'all want to go on YouTube, you can listen to classic Howard. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, it's, it's funny, and I would never have even thought about this. It's kind of a segue to what I wanted to tell you 
today. And, and what I wanted to say to you was my when I, when was I my most oh right of course self. of course sorry I didn't mean to to belabor getting into our discussion question you you strike me as a fairly cool gal do you is there an era of your life that you look back on as like peak coolness for Stashka? You know what I got to tell you something. You know what this my my uh, vision or my my idea or ideal of coolness has evolved obviously over the course of my lifetime. But when I was trying to dig around in my mind to try to really, I wanted to get really honest with you tonight, Jeff, about myself and about, you know, when was, what is, what is cool? Am I cool? When was I cool? And I, I didn't even see, it came out of left field, Jeff. I was my coolest the moment I was born. Wow. And you know why? Wow. Yeah. And here's why. And here's, when you hear it, I think you're going to realize that it's a no-brainer. Okay. When I was born, I was so cool that I didn't give a shit what anybody thought of me. I didn't, I didn't know whether anybody was thinking of me. I was in the moment, being myself, pooping myself, oh, you yeah. know, all of it. And who cares? Nobody. I, I was totally, I had lacked any self-consciousness. And not only, so that was not the, only were you doing all that, everybody around you was going, look, oh, look at her. Look at her. They all loved it. So yeah, that really checks out. Cause I mean, it's one thing to be cool within oneself and that's really the most important way to be cool. But it's also about your effect well, on your environment and your place in your environment. And yeah, when you were brand new, every, people were coming over to, their, to the house to see you. Well, not only that, but listen, it was the time, I think it, I think this has to apply to everybody. It was the time of my life that I was my most authentic self. I didn't have any hangups. I didn't have any ticks, nervous ticks. I didn't bite my nails. I didn't feel I had to cover up, you know, put on a fake persona to please those around me. None of that. It was real, raw, grit, truth. And that was, that is why... It was the coolest Sashka of all. Now, how do we get back to to that? How do we how do we re you know integrate some form of our of our natural newborn self into our present tense? I mean, we could try just pooping ourselves again, but I feel mm-hmm. like we'd have mixed results if we did. You know, I think the uh, the answer might lie in the case or character study. Of Archie Bunker. <laughs> All right, this is taking another turn. Let's talk about Archie Bunker. Uh, Carol O'Connor played him on the '70s, uh, socially uh, uh, aware uh, family sitcom, All in the Family. He was America's favorite bigot. He was sort of portrayed as this buffoon, uh, lampooned the idea of, of the dying way of looking at the world and it, and it races that sort of thing. What does uh, what does Archie Bunker have to tell us about? Coolness, authenticity, etc. Well, what does Archie Bunker tell us about coolness and authenticity? You know, I, I'm not going to get. It would take a long time to really get delve into this, but <laughs> but let me put it this way: Archie Bunker didn't give a rat who who what anybody thought of him. Well, he was true. like that baby. He was like that brand new baby kicking and pooping all over herself. That's true. He just. He just did what he did, what came to him, said what came to him, and was just, 
you know, that, that was our key. Yeah, ma- maybe like, okay, so then maybe if you take the bigotry away, so he's not, you know, slurring people and talking about how whatever he's, <laughs> whatever he's saying about the races, maybe what, he, what you got there is that he's a little less precious with his filter, and the filter is a thing we use to protect ourselves as much as it is to protect other people. But really, you should care about protecting other people, care a little less about protecting yourself, maybe? Allow yourself to be seen for the things you really are, good and bad. I mean, there is a fearlessness to that, which is cool. I will agree. Well, that's right. And, you know, our adult selves were capable of caring about others and ultimately perhaps caring about others more than we care about ourselves. And, and when we're a firstborn, brand newborn baby, we're not even able, we we're not able to do that. And so maybe that's why we're so damn cool because we are so incapable, but yet so honest. Yeah. There's something about like, you know, if you, if you were to move your bowels into your pants, you might be, you know, signaling to the world that I have some kind of a problem. Uh, <laughs> But if you were to lock eyes with the person while you did it, which babies also sometimes do, then you're, then you're sending all kinds of other messages. Like I have a problem, but also there's a self-awareness to it. There's a, I'm putting it in your face. Kind of, I get it. All right. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe to be a baby is to, is to approach, uh, peak authenticity and maybe even peak coolness. Have you ever seen a baby with sunglasses on? Pretty cool. Yeah, it's about as cute and as cool as it gets. Yeah, for sure. Good for making memes, have too. You, have, have you ever had a labradoodle burp in your face? I've not had a labradoodle burp in my face. Now, that's a that'd be a Labrador mixed with a poodle, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're notorious for burping loudly after meals. And I've learned through the relationship I share with my own labradoodle that by gosh, every meal he eats, he comes walking over to me, comes, looks at me right, gets his face, his head right near me, looks me in the eyes lovingly, and all of a sudden, the big, and it's just like clockwork, and I don't know where that, I don't know where, what that has to do with Archie Bunker, but there well, you have me, it. Well, let me tell you what that anecdote has taught me about your Labradoodle. Uh, he sounds pretty cool. He is cool. He doesn't seem to care. I mean, whatever face he make after he burps, probably don't face him. Well, he does care, though, because when he barks at the window and he knows he's not supposed to, and I come over and tell him to stop it, he, he gets he, he's torn between his impulse and his and my superego. Oh, yeah, I take so. it back. He's not cool at all. What a loser. I'm way cooler <laughs> than that dog. I'm way cooler than that dog. Hey, Stashka, I appreciate it. Good, heady conversation. I feel like we learned a lot. Please call back anytime. What a lovely, uh, what a lovely lady that is to have as part of our family here. Oh boy. Thank y'all for, uh, for hanging out with me tonight. feels just so good to be back here with y'all. Uh, whether you listen to this live on Sunday night through or, or through a podcast feed, I sure appreciate you spending some time with me. Uh, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. If you are so inclined, do visit our website at piby.info to see all the music that I've played tonight or, uh, to revisit your favorite segments. They'll all be on there too. Don't forget to follow Richard's blog at richardtruth.com. Always something going on at richardtruth.com. Be sure to join us next week. The year will be 1989. I got some stuff I'm already excited about for next week. 
Uh, for now, though, I will be sending you off with a song from one of the big five, which, of course, is our custom, our tradition on this show. 2015 saw the first single release uh, from what would be the final album of Big Five member David Bowie, the self-reflective masterpiece examining his own death from an illness that had not yet been made public, uh, but the tone being kind of more exhilarating and affirming than, than morose. This is Lazarus. From the greatest farewell album in history, Black Star by David Bowie, 2015 night. Play it by year. Gosh, it's good to be back. Here's Lazarus. Go Bruins!
This has been a production of The Lighthouse Keepers Company. Culture Illuminated.